I'm Taylor Strecker, and this is Younger Uncovered, the podcast dedicated to all things younger. Last night's episode was kind of devastating when a misstep on social media cost Kelsey her job. Here to help me come to terms with it is the woman responsible for the whole fiasco, the episode's writer, Allison Brown. Hello, girl. Uh, hi. I am not responsible for that. I knew okay. you were going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> devastating to me, too. It really was. It's devastating. And Hillary made it even more heartbreaking. Her performance, it was like, ugh. When I she know. walked away from that table. Allison, why would you do that to her? Why would I? It's a really, <laughs> really good question okay. that I can answer. So before we dive into the episode, and we are going to, there's a lot of, like, I feel social conversations around this episode. Okay. Um, but before we do that, let's dive into the episode. Mm-hmm. You've written many episodes of Younger, and I love hearing about each writer's approach to the show. So what's your process like when preparing to write any given episode? Uh, well, we sit in a big room and discuss and discuss and discuss and debate. We were debating this episode from early on in this season because we knew... So you knew. We didn't know. No, no, no. We, we got to this place because... Um, Otherwise, it felt like we were ending the series. Uh, this was not her company. Do you know what I mean? It's Charles's company. And it was really hard to come to terms with that in the writer's room because we were like, no, Kelsey is this strong, smart, accomplished woman. This is her job. She got this job. She should stay in this job. But it was like, well, you know, or this is a great learning experience for her and she can do this job when it's hers. Do you know what I mean? Rather than sort of being a seat filler for Charles. Like, it's his family's company. It's his family's, it's his company. family's roots there. company. I get it. But no one felt right about her failing at the job. Absolutely. No one thought, oh, this person can't do the job. We all thought she could do the job, so we didn't want her to fail. So that's why it kind of had to be this way. It was an accident. It was a slip-up. And we thought it was a very millennial slip up. Which we will go more into because yeah. I want to understand how, your thoughts and feelings on that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you real quick, though. So mm-hmm. going back to the, the the debating in the writer's yeah. room, what was the debate about specifically? Like, were the you debate- debating, like, maybe just letting her stay in the position? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. We wanted her to. And then we were like, okay, we got to the point where we're like, uh, okay, she doesn't have to stay here. She can find her success elsewhere. But then how do you remove her from this position and feel okay about that? Right. And still keep her in this family. And keep her in the family and not be mad at Charles. You guys did a good job. That's all I'll say. I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but such a great job. Um, Okay, again, going to go into a deep, deep dive. But before we do, how has the writer's room and the way that you work on the show changed or evolved over the last six seasons? I think we're all just really comfortable with one another and really know our characters. Mm -hmm. And so I think this season, compared to probably season one or two, we debate. We really debate. And uh, it it doesn't get heated. We all love each other, but it, it... you know, we have our strong opinions. Is there anyone who gives you the biggest pushback in the room? Any specific person? No. no, everyone just gets there, you know, you get gets the thing that they're like feel strongly about and so you're debating the issues. Yes, 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 yes. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. It's like and a lot of times it's um okay, maybe you think that a thirty year old woman would do that, but <gasps> And, you know, because I think there are like, well, this is the safe move. And it's like, but 
does this person make the safe move? This is the move I'd make, but is this the move that Kelsey would yes. make? Yes, 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 yes. Well, as of last night, Kelsey is no longer the boss of Millennial. Did the writers know all along that she was not going to last in her role as publisher? Because you guys talked about, I don't remember which episode, but um, The Glass Cliff. The Glass Cliff was our first episode, and we it was it was a um, something we talked about last season. And then we knew that we were going to use that this season. For Kelsey, for Kelsey specifically. Yes, but we didn't. It worked out that it was sort of this foreshadowing, but we didn't know when we were breaking episode one that she would not be the publisher. Do I believe you? Yeah, I'm serious. I'm serious. That's why it was such a debate. Right. That's why it was such a debate. It really was for the longest time. You guys do that a lot. You're in the zeitgeist with social issues and, you know, like the glass cliff is is a perfect example of that. Mm -hmm. And then you guys end up, you know, using it nine episodes later. It's really crazy. I always say to all the writers, do you guys have a crystal ball of some sort, like in the writer's room? Or is it? it- no, well, I think how it works is that um, uh, so we have this thing, right, that we planted, but we didn't see it as a plant. Yes. And then when we're breaking, it kind of uh, guides us a little bit, maybe unconsciously. And so you always hope to tie something back in. How and why did the story come to this point? Well, because I think, and I really struggled with this, but it was a lesson for me and like, I love Kelsey, and I want her to succeed, Mm -hmm. but that's not always what happens in life. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, in order to tell more story and in order for this character to grow, she can't win all the time. I was going to say, her career thus far is, I mean, very blessed, if you will, and magical. And, you know, it's like she wills it and she gets it. Yeah. This is the first time that she didn't win, and Mm -hmm. that's a real-life lesson. It's a real-life lesson. And you don't want to go through it. But it makes you better and stronger. Talk about the choice to have it happen the way it did. Okay, so it was a social media mistake that took her down, which is like, it's innocent, but it's also like so immature. But it's better than her not being good at her job is what we thought because we didn't believe that and I didn't want to see her not be good at her job. And um, this felt like... An accident, and maybe it w- I, I think a lot of people do think it was an immature accident, mm-hmm. but people do that all the time, right? People do it all the time, and it came from a story of someone in our, in our writers' room that happened to a friend. So we were like, "Well, we'll use it." Well, you read my mind, so mm-hmm. you do have a crystal ball. Uh, <laughs> was accidentally sending the private DM something that actually happened to one of the writers? So you said it actually happened to a friend. Yeah, the it was a full naked picture <gasps> that got out to this woman's. I think it was like. Everyone. It was the same thing. She posted it to her story rather than a DM. Yeah. I, I don't trust social media with private stuff for this no. very reason. Did she lose her job? No. No, she didn't lose her job. But, like she just but lost she... her mother and father, her whole family. <laughs> no one ever talked to her ever again. I think in, the, in her case, it was like, oh, my God, she realized pretty soon after doing it. Whew. That's why I was like, well, no, we can do this because it actually really happened to someone. We've all had that, whether it's like you send the email to the wrong person or the text, and yes. God forbid there's a naked something attached I to know. it. I know. You reply all, and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, how did the cast react to this plot twist when they first read at the table read, specifically Hillary? Well, I felt a lot of pressure, and I was more nervous, um, and I had warned her. Because I was like, I don't, I don't want this to happen. <laughs> but this is what's happening, and this is how we're doing it. And so uh, they were fine. They were I fine. was the one who was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, for episodes before, I would just see her and I'd be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so into the table read, she was slightly prepared for what she was, was to totally come. She was totally prepared. She was great. She was great. And I was even like, I, I know this is like uh, slightly, you know, there's a little bit of nudity 
slight nudity. Right. But I felt weird about that. And she was like, it's fine. I'm like, okay, cool. You're cool. She's amazing. She's very laid back, and I am not. So, <laughs> <laughs> When did the emotions kick in for you? When you were writing it? Or yeah, when at- I was. Uh, yes. And then, you know, through the outline process, the network came back with notes on on that exact part of it. And they, because before it was more naked. Uh, Ooh, what? Tell me. Yeah. So it was, you know that we, I had pitched it as that, remember when Rihanna sent those photos to, I think it was Chris Brown. And it was like her in a hotel room. She wasn't, you didn't see anything, but it was like yes. all underwear and like an open shirt. Yes. So it was a full body situation. And they were like, I think this is too much. And I was like, okay, cool. I feel weird now. So <laughs> <laughs> great. I wanted you to know everyone decided on this. It wasn't. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's. Why? <laughs> so it seems like this was like it was like a extended process of anxiety for you. Yes, and constantly wondering is this the right way to do it, but knowing that feeling eventually that it was the right way to do it. When Kelsey and Charles first go to meet the investors, Kelsey mm-hmm. is very aware of being the only woman in the room and conscious yeah. of wanting to be taken seriously, which I so related to. I so relate to. That was my favorite thing to write, honestly. Yeah. Because I was like, every woman has experienced this. Totally. In the directing of it, we had a fantastic director, Jen Arnold, and she got it. And it was like, you know, in that moment, Kelsey is fighting for eye contact. And so at one point she has to, like, push her face in front of this guy to be seen. I think she did a great job. And Charles is keenly aware of it, too, which is, like, just, I mean, he's the superhero we always love and need. I know. He really is. And that's a lot of Peter coming out, too. Tell me more about that. Um, we have to do some things with Charles this season or he's not like the perfect guy. And Mm he, I mean, he's great. He's great. He's great. But Peter is better. (laughs) Peter is better. And he was like, you know, he questioned it. He's like, oh, I don't like that I'm saying this here. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I know. But (laughs) you have to have some flaws. I mean, Peter is like, he's so empathetic. Do you think that he's much more empathetic than Charles is? Yeah. Much. Yeah. That he is very empathetic. So how often does he struggle, you know, with being apathetic when he's playing Charles? Well, I think it was – I've mostly seen it this season because we had to sort of push Charles to a place where he wants his company back. Right. So when you're, I think, on that track, you're not always thinking of everyone else. So he had to be a little uh, single-focused and – Going back to this idea of us relating to, you know, being the only woman in the room yeah. and being aware of that, do writers' rooms tend to be male-dominated? Yeah. You know, I've been lucky to be on Younger for, you know, six seasons, and our room is different, but— is that? But that's unique. I really. think it's unique. I don't know if things have changed now. I was on First Wives Club as well, and that room was very special because there was one man, and it was all women. <sighs> but it was a show about women. So, but typically those shows were staffed by men, <laughs> and they were all men writing about women, which doesn't make sense. It doesn't make it doesn't sense. Doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. Um, Diana doesn't think that she wants to go all out for her second wedding until Liza helps her realize that she actually should celebrate getting it right this time. Where did that idea come from? I uh, I feel like Diana knew the whole time that she wanted. You know you want the big thing. Yes. I think she knew the whole time she wanted the big thing but wasn't didn't want to say it out loud. And then Liza's kind of giving her permission a little bit in that scene. Yeah. And then why is Enzo the right fit for Diana? I feel like, like Liza's the emotional translator. I feel like Enzo 
is what Diana's insides look like. You do, do you know what I mean? Like without all the uh, necklace. <laughs> you know, I think she's a really sweet, nice person. Okay, maybe not sweet, but nice, good-hearted person. And she just protects herself. I love that. Yeah. Enzo is the physical embodiment of Diana's insides. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> That might be my favorite quote of the entire podcast this season. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. You nailed it. You hear that? Okay. <laughs> Chris Tardio actually started out as a random hookup a couple seasons ago, Enzo. Yeah. Um, how did you guys decide to bring him back as the one? Well, we loved Chris. He's and awesome. He's awesome. And uh, it felt like we saw her with Richard, who seemed like her match. Totally. And we were like, yeah, not right. She needs to be with someone who you wouldn't expect her to be with, but also you would. Isn't that the way it works? Yeah. I know. The heart mm-hmm. wants what it wants. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh is going corporate in order to keep Claire from moving to L.A. with baby Gemma. Yeah. He's gone from representing all the fun, carefree things Liza missed in her 20s to becoming this responsible, family-first business owner. How do you view the evolution of Josh? He's now on the same—he's sort of in the same— group as, oh God, what is the right word? Stratosphere. Yeah. Yes, as Charles. Like, we're giving him what Charles has. He's going to be a business owner. A family man. A family man. He's mm-hmm. got kids. And he's kind of selling out. And he's got all these, he's going to have these responsibilities. He's grown up. He's grown up, exactly. Yeah. So. And why are you doing that? Because we want to sort of level the playing field, and it's either going to become easier for her to choose, which I think it will. Okay. When you have both of them here. Um, Okay. So what do you see Josh becoming, and how might it affect his relationship with Liza? So you said it, though. You said he's growing up. You're you're leveling the playing field for Mm -hmm. him and Charles. Mm -hmm. So how is this going to affect his relationship with Liza? Do you want him to be a strong contender again? Yes. Yes, girl. Oh, yes. I think, yeah. And Liza goes to Chicago to talk to Charles about the Infinitely 21 ad because she's freaking out about Mm -hmm. how it looks. Mm -hmm. But Charles is more concerned with her reaction than the photo itself. Mm -hmm. Why is it so hard for Liza to move on from Josh? Because I think she really has feelings for Josh. Like deep. Deep. That she kind of forgets until she sees it in a billboard form. I think she can deny them, but then... It was a captured moment that she can't really deny. Um, how much do you draw from your own relationships and experiences when writing these character stories and interactions, like even specifically this one? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're always drawing from your own relationships and experiences. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of people see Josh as like her true feelings, you know, whereas Charles might be the one she should be with. And he's fantastic. Why would you not be with him? It's the head versus heart, maybe? Yeah. 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 Which would make Charles head? Make him head. And a little bit heart. Of course, but... But Josh is, like, all heart. I mean, I think so. You know what? I'm just going to sit here with my opinions to keep them to myself. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Do you have a team? Team Charles, Team Josh? Yeah, Team Josh. Team Josh. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I hope this doesn't, like, affect our writing next season because (laughs) I'm, like... I feel like you move to New York City from the suburbs to have a new experience and your new experience that you moved to New York City for is Josh. I feel like he embodies that. So that's why I'm Team Josh. Okay, so we've reached the point in the podcast where it's time to go a little deeper and break down a single scene from last night's episode. Okay. Just one. 
Let's talk about the moment where Kelsey gives up her job as publisher in order to save the company. First, talk us through what happens in the scene, like start to finish through your eyes, because I know you're on set. First of all, the two actors playing Ennis and Jeffrey were so nice, and I'm glad they were because, again, I'm there and I'm feeling nervous, and it is – I know they're all actors, but it was still – this woman in a room full of men. It felt bad. Do you know what I mean? It felt, and they're talking about her body, and it it felt bad. It was all acting. I know because I wrote it, but <laughs> it wasn't a great feeling. And to see this this woman being shamed in yeah. front of them, and I thought Hillary did such a great job. I mean, it was heartbreaking. She, you know, stood in front of these people and and admitted that she had made a mistake. And said it would blow over. And they said, uh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But we're all uncomfortable with you. So we'd be more comfortable with this guy. And that's the only reason we'll give you the money. And so she, to me, it was in that moment going, okay, I can step down. I've done this. I've done this great job. I have achieved this level. And I can go do it somewhere else. Do you think that that passed through her head in that moment? I think in that moment she felt completely defeated and felt like this is my ceiling. This is how far I'll get here. Mm -hmm. And this will keep happening here. Did she do it to save face a little bit too? She's not going to let them yeah, remove yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yes, guess they absolutely. essentially did. Absolutely. But she took the power back. She did take the power back. Totally. And that was a very intentional mm-hmm. writing on your part. Very intentional. That yeah. she had to be the one to make the decision. That she had to smile through it and say, I totally understand this is a business decision and that i think is why she will succeed well speaking of which so kelsey she acts brave and professional in front of the group yeah but then we see everything written on her face yes. as she leaves the oh room. my god such a good job i have like goosebumps just talking yeah. about it so what was the most important thing for you to capture as the scene was executed especially that moment well again our director was fantastic she gave Great feedback to the actors. And like I keep saying, you could feel it in the room. You know, what Hillary did was, I think, just what we would all do in that situation. I mean, she felt it. She felt embarrassed. She looked down and and then put her head back up. And I think that's what you want to do. You don't want to keep your head down. You want to put it back up and then walk out. What words would you use to describe what Kelsey was thinking and feeling in that moment? I think uh, defeat. I think she's probably scrambling. I think weirdly because I have been in a situation like where I have I've been fired, and it, in that moment you're like, "Oh my god!" But then you have to go. I think there's a moment where you're like, "I'm okay. I'm okay," because the worst thing just happened to me, but I'm actually okay. I'm standing. I'm breathing. Yes, you know. In that moment, you're like, "Oh, cool. I, I survived. I'm fine." Yeah. In no. the moment, I think she probably got like, "I'm okay," and I can say this thing to these people and walk out. And then how do you work with the director on set? So you were saying that the director was giving Hillary, obviously, you know, um, direction. Yeah. But how do you interact with the director? We constantly are talking about, like, what I envisioned or what I think would happen or or maybe try this. And she's, you know, got her own thoughts about, like, what would help or bring something out more. And it's constant communication, especially, again, Jen was great. And and she really got it and really... um, knew how to talk to the actors. Was the decision to reinstate Charles as the boss something that the writers debated? Totally. Nonstop. Really? Nonstop. Why is it important to the story? Him specifically coming back, why is it so important? Well, I think it creates uh, an interesting dynamic for his relationship with Liza. 
And I don't know that that's a good thing. And so we, we wanted to do that. We wanted to put, it's like a little crack, I think, in their relationship to take her best friend, <laughs> you know, he didn't push her out, but she's no longer in that position. And now he is. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that affects them going forward. And then seeing Woman on Top has been such a strong theme this season. Was it really hard to knock Kelsey down? So hard. And then how do you see her moving forward from here? I think she has all the skills and confidence to want to go out on her own. So that's something we may be seeing in the next couple episodes. Maybe, maybe not. We maybe, don't know. maybe not. We don't know. Well, before I let you go, I want to ask you the five questions I always ask youngers writers whenever I have the chance. Yeah. Okay, here we go. How often do your own personal experiences end up in the script? And can you give an example? Can I give an example of my own personal experience? Yeah. Hmm. No. No? I don't, I don't know that uh, I've had a personal experience that has ended up in the show yet. My dog's been on the show, so that's pretty personal. That's so personal. Yeah, she's in this episode. Really? Yeah, Lauren <laughs> flips past a picture of her. <gasps> when she sees Kelsey's Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes! Yeah. Your dog's cute. I know. <laughs> I know. Is there, uh, do you have a favorite example of somebody else's personal experience of writers that made it into the script? Yes, I do. I have two. They were both in my in episodes that I got to write. Uh, one was the Diva Cup getting stuck, and the other was the Everything Bagel garlic up the, yeah. That was real. Did someone did that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, a lot of people do it. What? Yeah. I thought the egg was wild. This is next level. Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite scene or line that you've written for Younger? I liked the millennial launch party scene with um, Kelsey and Liza when she uh, Kelsey's panicking and Liza helps her through that. I like that scene. I feel a great deal of responsibility for um, the boardroom scene. Have you ever had to fight for something to get into an episode? Yes. We're always fighting to get things. And what's that process kind of like when you're like so steadfast and this has to get in? Well, it's different now. Uh, In the beginning, I would immediately say, I think this should be in. And now I wait. (laughs) And I wait. And I wait until like the right time. And I'm like, you know. Huh, what do you think about and it's just a different approach now. Why? Because I think that one works better. You've you've learned I've learned. You've learned. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Which character would you most want to hang out with in real life? Mm-hmm. I think I think Kelsey would be really fun. Me too. Yeah. And she can like carry herself. Oh, totally. Um, and last but not least, the best thing about working on this show. Oh my god, the people are the best. It's like the same answer every time. Yeah. But I love to hear because it just continues to reinforce yeah. what I think we as the audience and fans feel. I find this from talking through you guys that this is a very unique thing. It is. It's weird. Why do you think that is? I think Darren and Sutton, who are kind of like the leaders, yep. are so nice. And they care about the work. You know, Darren will take an idea from anyone if it's a good idea. It's not like, oh, I, I'm only listening to this person today or I'm only, you know what I mean? It's not like a points game. It's like we're all trying to make a good show and that's everyone's focus. Isn't that refreshing? It is. You kind of forget because it's been six seasons and then, y- you know, you go on to another show and you're like, oh, yes. But that starts from the top down. It really does. Yeah. 
If Darren was political, it would not be fun. That's our time. We're done. Darn. That I know. Fast. Um, Allison, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. You're so great. It was fun. And thank you it wasn't for sharing. scary at all. It wasn't scary <laughs> at all. And thank you for your insights into the episode and how the stories on Younger come to be. You're welcome. There are only two episodes left in the season, and I'm dying to see where it all ends up. I'll be right back here after next week's episode and every new episode to break it all down. I'm Taylor Strecker, and this is Younger Uncovered. Younger Uncovered.